You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Pacers fans, time to close out this week with a Friday edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast. We're going to recap last night's hard-fought game against the Toronto Raptors, which the Pacers fell short 106-99 uh, against the top team in the Eastern Conference. Uh, some some player performances I'd like to talk specifically about, uh, some obvious and unfortunate injuries we have to talk about, uh, and what happened with the absence of Sabonis, how the team did. Um, so just a lot to dive into, a lot of layers in this game, which will be fun to dissect. As always, I'm Tony East with the West Indianapolis Community News and a bunch of other places Um, but, uh, I think we should just jump right into this one. Uh, there's not much to talk about besides this game and this episode. Uh, the Raptors, um, I heard before the game that they had a crazy good fourth quarter defensive rating and I didn't look up the stat before the game and I didn't look up the stat after the game and I didn't have to because they showed it off to me in person in the arena. They gave up only 20 points in the fourth quarter, uh, and that's what propelled them to win because the Pacers played... Uh, pretty much the same defense every quarter of the game. Um, but the Raptors, you know, they gave up 27 and 30 in the first two quarters and then 22 and 20 in the second half. So they, you know, Dwayne Casey's a really, really smart coach, and he made really good defensive adjustments in the second half uh, that led to the Raptors, you know, being able to take this game back from the Pacers. I think that the lead got to like 11 or 12 was the highest it got. But uh, another game where teams... Uh, the Raptors were good at this. Force Oladipo into some of those mid-rangers. Um, you know, I, I talked about that after the Jazz game. How I think that's the blueprint to really beat this team is he's he's all right at that shot. You know, he shot 42.1%, which isn't great. Um, and he he's all right at that shot. Like, it's okay that he takes it. But he hasn't been making it a ton recently, like at all. And teams are really baiting him into it off of pick and rolls as soon as you know, if he gets around the screen, teams just drop. Like, all the way to the basket, they have the big drop. So, the, they know the pop's there. They have a guy who can recover. And then they just let Oladipo shoot that mid-ranger. And it's not falling as much recently. You know, he finished 8-19 with 18 points, but he was minus 10. Uh, DeRozan had another good game. He he shot over 50%. And, you know, uh, Oladipo wasn't that – he was all right on defense, but he wasn't something to write home about. And when that mid-ranger's not falling, you know, his impact was – was lesser in this game than other games, and you could tell that the Raptors' defense was great uh, because of that. And the guy for them that was the linchpin to me was someone I hadn't even heard of before the game. Got a shout out, Sean Woodley, for helping me with this. Locked on Raptors host, uh, Malcolm Miller. I had I DM'd him about it, and yeah, I'm a believer in this guy now, just as an NBA player in general. After one game, which is crazy, because he only shot twice, uh, he only had four rebounds. Uh, but he was just everywhere. He was an awesome defender. He did a great job, you know, with his hands on Oladipo, sliding, staying in front of him. Uh, he had two blocks even, which shows that, you know, that was the second most on their team. He just is a, is a really good team and individual defender for his age already. Uh, and I had never even heard of the guy, so I got to give him credit for, for being impressive to me. He was everywhere uh, defensively, and he was a, a key reason for, for Oladipo's struggles in this one. Um, but that Raptors defense was was putting on the clamps in the fourth. Uh, so just some things to dissect in this one. Uh, actually, never mind. Let's just do it. Miles Turner got hurt, and it sucks. And we have to talk about it because it's going to be an interesting story. So first of all, Miles Turner played 19 minutes and didn't grab a rebound. So his haters are going to be in force uh, the next couple days on the Internet. Just be prepared for that. Uh, just don't let them get to your head. Just just stay the course. Anyway, 
Um, so Miles Turner rolled his ankle in the first half and went to the locker room and got it iced apparently in the trainers and uh, someone someone probably told McMillan you know he's probably good to play a little bit in the second half if he's feeling okay and I get that if Nate McMillan's gonna say okay I really want to beat this team they're number one in the East let's let's get this win but he started off the half with Al Jefferson so something told him in his gut or someone told him you know hey Miles shouldn't start the half. Okay, so Al Jefferson comes in. We'll talk about him later. He played really well. But then, later in the third, Turner comes in the game with a rolled ankle that he just hurt and went to the trainer for and re-aggravates it and exits after just 19 minutes. And apparently, the diagnosis is high ankle sprain, which is probably not good. Um, you know, that could be, again, I wrote about this in my Sabonis ankle sprain piece, so check that out if you haven't. It's at 8 points, 9 seconds. Um but ankle sprains can go grades one, two, or three. Um, and I doubt it's a grade three just because he was walking and stuff like that. Grade three is what Reggie Jackson got against the Pacers earlier this year in late December, and he has not played since. So if it's that bad, his season's over. But I don't think it's that bad. But ankle sprains can be like a three-week thing at the longest. I mean, I doubt it's that long because he was walking and because he came back in the game. But this could be something that lingers for a little bit of time. And... With Sabonis out with the same injury, uh, Sabonis already rolled out for the Wizards game, so that one's going to be interesting. I might talk about that one a little bit at the end. Uh, we'll see. But um, that's going to be super interesting to see how long the timetable is on this Turner injury um, because, you know, we're gonna about, we're about to see a ton of Al Jefferson, and we might even see a little bit of EK and Ibogu. I'm not sure about that. They might just go small, so don't quote me on that. But I'm just going to be intrigued how they divvy up the center minutes if they just have Jefferson starting. It's going to be fascinating. Um, but the the talk of Turner's injury for me, besides that it, it just sucks, uh, the timing between his and Sabonis' being back-to-back is that why did he come back into game if he got hurt? Uh, especially if he re-aggravated it, that just looks bad. Um, that's just bad optics, and it might just be bad luck. You know, I might be grilling someone for just an unfortunate thing because I know Nate wouldn't put him in without the information that it's okay to put him back in, but the optics just looks terrible that he re-aggravated it uh, right after something like that happening. And, you know, that's going to be a decision that, that Nate gets hammered for, for for some length of time, especially if they really struggle without their centers, which uh, we'll probably talk about that next Monday, depending on how this Wizards game goes. But uh, that does not seem like a good thing. That's that's all I'll say about that. But uh, that's, a, that's a really big uh, timing bummer and overall bummer for the Pacers when your best young player goes down and looks like he'll miss some time. And, you know, in a game where they, they were in it, the whole time, you know, having their best center out there could have really made the difference and possibly propelled them to victory. So just a lot of bad <laughs> looks about this Turner injury between this game and beyond. Uh, hope for the best for him and Sabonis because they're just such crucial players to the team this year, you know, and Turner's been on fire since the All-Star break on both ends of the floor. So just absolutely tragic. And we just hope for the best for his recovery beyond anything. But, you know, hopefully it's quick and speedy as well. Uh, but now Al Jefferson, who we're about to see a lot more of, um, vintage Al Jefferson performance, as we have to uh, as we have to talk about, 20 points and 12 rebounds. I think yes, uh, both of those numbers led the team in those respective categories. He is just some kind of special uh, when he gets his chance. He doesn't play that much because his defense stinks, but he was a plus three in this game, so he actually was a useful player out there. Uh, his defense, like I like I said, is a, is a topic for watching in other games as a starter, especially because other teams just go right at him. Like the first possession he's in the game, he's in a pick and roll, and DeRozan does a pull up in his, in his area, and then Fred Van Vliet does a pick and roll at him, and they just go over and over and over. So you know what's going to happen, especially when he's starting and better players are going at him, that that's going to be a problem. But if he's going to be 
you know, nine defensive rebounds and 12 total rebounds, plus nine for 15 for 20 points. You know, that's a that's a quality player. That is someone that uh, can at least stay on the court and help you, you know, uh, not get killed during the absence of two injuries. And Adam tweeted this, and I just want to reiterate how, like, how huge Jefferson was tonight. Like, he basically single-handedly in the – and I think it was just at the end of the third quarter he said this – outscored the Raptors bench. And the Raptors bench is, like, far and away the best in the NBA – and Jefferson was keeping up with their scoring by himself. Like they, I think Adam said it on the pod yesterday, have a plus 8.5 net rating for their bench. Um, you know, it's crazy that he he was this effective tonight. Hopefully that's something he can keep up um, if he comes into a starting role. I think offensively he can really be helpful. And it's kind of like a new dimension. So maybe they'll look uh, like a new team on that end of the floor. The defense will have to go through some adjustment period. But we'll see how that goes. Um, another thing to talk about, and this is my personal pleading, I just want Darren Collison to start again. Um, he was plus two. Corey Joseph was a team worst minus twelve, and I, I, I've seen the net ratings, guys. Like I get it. Like I guess Corey in the starters is a better lineup, but I just, I think you want the most potent offense you can have out there at all time. And Collison was eight of eleven tonight, three of four from three. Uh, he missed three free throws, so fifty forty ninety is over. He's not going to get it because of the free throws now. Um, but he's just more effective to me, and I think his offense is more important and changes the game in a more meaningful way. And, you know, the net rating stat's kind of flawed because he plays more possessions and he has the whole season. So, you know, there's just more of a sample for him. It's not flawed. That was the wrong word. It's just there's more to it than just, oh, look, you know, Corey Joseph's been better with the starters. Well, he's done it less. Um, and there's just there's a lot of confounding variables there. But I just want Collison back with the starters and, and Joseph's defense back on the bench and he can still close games. That doesn't mean anything. I just want Collison with that lineup more. I think that would help, uh, with some changes. Collison was substantially better than Joseph tonight to me. Joseph's defense wasn't even that good. Lowry had, um, a pretty solid game. He only shot three of 10, but he was dishing the ball around. He was plus 12, uh, on his way to 13 points. Uh, another guy who killed the Pacers was Valanchunas. Uh, he was hitting the glass hard too. So him and Al were just getting everything. He had 16 and 17. Um, he wasn't shooting the ball great, but, He's actually pretty good at moving the ball in the lane. Not good, but passable. And he's been a lot better than I would have thought this year. Um, Bojan, his hot streak did not continue into this game. One of ten, yuck. And he his one came on a possession where he traveled, passed the ball, caught it again, traveled again, ended up behind the three-point line, and then hit a three, which was pretty funny. Um, but only six points for him. Um, that, you know, he could have changed the whole game if he just shoots three of ten instead of one of 10. That's disappointing. Uh, you know, I thought OG was going to play and then he ended up not playing, but they had really good wing defense just in general. DeRozan actually, uh, is an interesting matchup for Boyan because neither of them are fast, but they're both long kind of guys. And DeRozan did okay on him tonight. And DeRozan was really good in this game. Uh, just talking about him now. Oh, like I said, over 50% shooting. Uh, he's made two clutch free throws to ice the game after, um, sorry, he made two clutch free throws to put the game farther out of reach before there were the, he stole the ball and dunked it to ice it, uh, and he had seven assists, which was a team high too. He was very effective in this game at getting to his spot, and you know he's just a he's just a really good player. I really like DeRozan. I think his uh I know his style is quote unquote outdated, but he's still very effective in games like this. Uh, when he hits forty percent of his threes too, he spreads the floor. So yeah, he was a useful guy in this one, and I liked watching what he could do. And uh, like Adam said yesterday, the something to watch for, and I said this I believe on our weekly show. Uh, the Raptors bench units are, are being, since the Raptors bench units are so strong, that plus 8.5 net rating, I thought that that was going to be where the difference was in this one. But the Pacers actually did an okay job against the bench. 
Uh, former Pacer CJ Miles was chucking from three. He made three of them, uh, but he was a minus two. And Fred Van Vliet was usually the plus minus darling in his 17 minutes. He was pretty ineffective, minus nine. Uh, they did a good job. Al Jefferson was doing a nice job on Jakob Pertl. And Pascal Siakam shot the ball really well. He was actually really solid in this game, but his defense was not as good as it usually is. Trevor Booker was having uh, some fun getting around him in the lane. Uh, I'm really liking Booker. He couldn't score worth a lick today, but he was hitting the glass like his usual self. And he, when he's whizzing the ball like he kind of was today, you know, they put him in some handoff situations. He's actually useful. Um, so, you know, the optics were weird in this game. I said that about Turner's injury, but I expected it to be the Pacer starters, you know, make it interesting. And then the bench makes it less interesting. And instead it was the opposite where the bench kept a minute and the starters weren't so good. Um, but the Raptors are just a really good team, like a really good team, you know, coming to Indiana and winning, you know, people are going to say like, Oh, the Pacers got a moral victory. Like, no. Okay. The Raptors are just a, a nasty good team and they came in and they won in Indiana because they're better. And that's just all it is. There's no moral victories in this game. I just, you hand it to Toronto for playing super good defense and having their best players play amazing. Um, or not amazing. That was a stretch. They have, having their best players play really well. And, and being able to, to move the Pacers' defense around. And their fourth-quarter defense really was the story for me. Um, but my takeaways that I, I, I think I hit all the points that I wanted to mostly were I want Collison to start going forward. I just I think that'll help. I know I, I know the net rating stat, guys, but I think it'll help. Um, with Turner's injury, just watching the timeline there because, you know, if Al's starting, it's going to be very tough to see what happens. And, uh, not to knock anyone here, but if Alex Poitras was not on the team and they had an open roster spot to sign a center like Andrew Bogut right now, that'd be really cool. But anyway, um, Poitras deserved it. He played well on his two-way. Uh, and the last one being, you know, the bench. You know, if they can be positive every game, I think this team will be fine. Um, Booker, you know, I barely touched on it, but, you know, Booker and Robinson and, you know, they were all pretty good. Lance was actually not terrible in this game, so... You know, if the bench can be better than the Raptors bench, they can be better than any bench, and that's what might be a difference in the playoffs with the benches shortening. So, uh, overall, not you know, not the worst game the Pacers have played all year. It just stinks that they blew it on in the fourth quarter. Um, the three was not falling for them, only thirty percent, and they got killed on the glass. They lost that thirty-five to fifty-eight. Valanciunas just really ate them up. So that's all. I, you know, a lot to a lot to digest from this game because of the injury and all the all the things that could lead to moving parts going forward. But uh, Nate's up for a challenge, and hopefully he can manage this these challenges through a hard schedule. Uh, and my last point I want to make is Serge Ibaka, great player, solid defender, um, spaces the floor, hits the glass really hard, and whines a lot. Every single call he would plead to the ref some case about how the call was wrong, and it was driving me crazy. And Kyle Lowry did it a little bit, and people were tweeting about it, and I saw him doing it too, so I get why people were tweeting about it. But Ibaka did it a lot more, and it was driving me crazy. But he's a good player, and I, you know, I get why they're passionate. It just rubs me the wrong way when players complain. I think the refs do a really good job in the NBA. So, anyway, that has been today's Locked On Pacers podcast. This game was fascinating. Um, I don't have a lot to say about this Wizards game coming up. We've talked about the Wizards pretty recently. Um, I guess I'll do a little bit, <laughs> just because I like talking about the Wizards. They were one of my favorite teams when I was a little kid. Uh, the matchup's going to be Kojo on Brad again. Um, Corey did a great job on Brad that first time, or that last time they played, and that was the reason the Pacers were able to win. They held him under 100. Um, and then Boyan's going to have to get back shooting a little bit better with Otto Porter being such an efficiency monster. But, you know, if the centers can't hold up their end of the bargain on this one, you know, Al Jefferson's going to get screened to death by Gortat. 
um, are put in screen situations to death by Gortat, then there's just they just don't have a chance, even if all the matchups work out in their favor like last time. So uh, Al's going to have to be moving around on D, and they might have to go small and, and let Trevor Booker play some center. But um, overall, I just it's going to be all hinging on that center position to me, just the way – Al moves around on defense is going to be fascinating. And if he can, even if he can beat Gortat up on offense and make him slower, you know, anything to, to make him more effective is something to watch for in this game. But yeah, that's, that's the key matchup in this one. Uh, the winner of that one will probably dictate the game. Um, everyone else, I don't, you know, they, they played like a week and a half ago. It's not going to be like so much different. Still no wall for the wizards. And it's, it's just, that's all it is. It's Ken, the centers, uh, what sort of center rotation going to be could change it too because if they go big and keep EKN and give him a little run uh, they're going to lose but if they go small and, and really go gung-ho on it well they might have a chance if Al can hold up his end of the bargain but should be an interesting one to watch we'll recap it all on Monday talk about these injuries and all the big storylines because that's what we do here at the Locked on Pacers podcast and I hope you enjoyed today's episode and have a nice weekend you can follow me on Twitter at TEastMBA you can follow the podcast at Locked on Pacers. We are applying to a lot of people recently. A lot of people have said some nice things on Twitter, and we really appreciate that, guys. Thank you so much. Um, but everybody have a great weekend, and we'll see you guys on Monday.